All right, welcome everyone back to another episode of the Midgar Minute Podcast. I am Chris, joined as always by my lovely and faithful co-host and recently engaged co-host Nick. Yes, yes, I'm happy to report. Congratulations! Thank by you, the way. thank you very much. I think I, I, I think I've said that to you at several different occasions. Now, yeah, no, but... through many different mediums, <laughs> I've gotten texts. We've done it over voice. It's it's great, but uh, I'm very happy. Me and my darling girlfriend Charlotte are now engaged. And man, it's uh, walking on air. That's all I got to say. Man. Yeah, I'm glad to hear it. And, you know, Charlotte also, while also being your, your future wife, is also uh, a part of our our lovely Mosey gang. Because she is that just was, so man, supportive like... of every, well, not everything I do, but of, <laughs> of my good habits like podcasting. Yes. Yes, and and I'm sure she would definitely be proud of uh, my fantastic segue there. Um, <laughs> um, shout outs to the members of the Mosey Gang as always, and those people being, of course, Scott, Kyle, AJ, Danny, Kevin, Jillian, Brienne, Matt, Sam, Charlotte, of course, Cameron, Garrett, Dan M, and Ryan. Thank you guys so, so much for being such lovely people and providing us with such a wonderful and great community. And if you, dear listener, would love to be a part of said community... Just throw us a, a buck either through our anchor link or our PayPal link in our social medias and in the episode description. And uh, you can come join our Discord. We do game nights sometimes. Uh, we do maybe, you know, I'm, I've been thinking about doing some maybe some private live streams or something. Didn't, or something didn't, you, and, uh, didn't you and Jilly watch Advent Children? We did. Yeah. We did do that. And uh, we also watched a little bit of E3 uh, when that happened, uh, even though I'm trying to forget E3 as, <laughs> as quickly as possible. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we do a bunch of little other things like that. And we just, you know, we share memes, we bullshit, we talk and, and all this other great stuff. So if that sounds good to you, just one dollar uh, to either one of those things that I mentioned before. But as always, we also just enjoy having you here, just listening to us. And you could just lurk in the background, and we appreciate you just the same. Yeah, we love the lurkers, man. We love the lurkers. We live for them lurkers, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but uh, with that out of the way, uh, this episode, and by the way, uh, probably super obvious at this point, uh, super, super, super huge uh, fat chocobo level spoilers for uh, Final Fantasy VII uh, Remake and Intermission and Integrate, all that stuff, uh, because we're going... Or at least starting our dive into uh, all the theories surrounding our good old, our good old boy, our good old puppy boy. We're going deep, homeboy, <laughs> with our boy Zach. Yes, and and the the little tidbits of information that we got at the end of intermission, which was not a lot, and uh, was uh, I was kind of uh, almost befuddled uh, by the lack of. Because I think maybe I had certain expectations. Like, I didn't have a lot of expectations going into this DLC in terms of, like, I, I knew I was going to enjoy it and I was going to get it and play it regardless. But I guess maybe I had thought, oh, maybe this is going to be their chance to first kind of show their hand at what the future remake's going to be. And, like, there's a little bit of that, but it is, like, the same level of a stuff that we got at the end of remake. So it was, like, just enough to keep you asking more questions and not really getting any answers. But that has not stopped us or the rest of the Final Fantasy VII Remake community uh, for driving, scooping out the inside of our brains. Yep. Well. <laughs> uh, trying to trying to figure out what the hell story uh, Nomura and all these guys are trying to tell us uh, in this new narrative. Uh, and I, I don't exactly know how you want to structure this, Nick. Do you, do you want to just, do you want to have 
we just kind of have our our initial thoughts and our kind of like our uh, stances. I think the best then... place, I think the best play, way we could do this is pick up from where we left off on the last episode. Well, we'll start. Let's mm. give what theory you and I may subscribe to the most. And then we can move mm-hmm. on to some of the theories we've seen from other creators or from some message boards. But there is one thing I want to echo from the last episode that mm-hmm. I said um, when I had, and I love saying this line, uh, straight out of Pulp Fiction, but I had what alcoholics refer to as a moment of clarity. Clarity. <laughs> yes. Um, look, that ending with Zach, it throws us all for a doozy. Nobody knows. No one act other than Nojima, Kitase, and Nomura, nobody actually knows what the hell is going on with Zach right now. And that's mm-hmm. on purpose. And I had yes. this moment where after I beat it, I went for a drive with Charlotte and we were talking about it, trying to put our finger on it. And I realized I'm giving up so much bandwidth to trying to mm-hmm. put my finger on what's going on with Zach that I'm forgetting to reminisce in all the love I had for that Yuffie DLC, all those moments with Yuffie and Sonin and those amazing epilogue cutscenes with the gang headed to Calm, mm-hmm. which were just so heartwarming so even though this episode is going to be centered around zach and trying to put our finger on that i implore you dear listener do not let that confusion keep you from enjoying everything that comes oh absolutely because absolutely exactly right because at least for me i can say i realized it doesn't at least it's the way i feel right i'm not saying this how you feel but i've come to this point where i realized I've loved everything that they, almost everything that they've been doing, whether it's mm-hmm. by way of Cloud, Tifa, Barrett, Red, um, Cloud, Tifa, Barrett, Red, Aerith, Yuffie. Like, these are all the best incarnations of these characters we've ever seen that it's like, mm-hmm. I trust them. I trust that they're going to give me something awesome. Look, I don't know if I'm going to love it more than OG at the end of the day, but I know I'm going to love it period so i have let Mm -hmm. go i whatever they do with zach i trust them to do it well but with that out of the way let's try to put our finger on what the (laughs) hell is going on here um i think it's funny this is what you could expect from us chris Mm -hmm. seems to subscribe more to the two timeline theories i seem to subscribe more to the butterfly effect theory which is one timeline looping back on itself see okay now just just to because i i do think that there is the two timeline theory is correct but i also just to, to further dive into it i do think that the timelines will converge at some point and that there will be Basically, like things are gonna happen. There's there's the remake timeline with Cloud and everybody else, and then there's the Zack timeline, and I believe those two are going to meet up at some point because Sephiroth, I think, in at least in some form, is the puppet master behind everything that's going on here. So I think that Cloud and Zack are gonna have to meet up and beat the shit out of Sephiroth <laughs> <laughs> at some point, and I think that's ultimately where the things is where the story is gonna end up. And can I tell you why but, I, why I would actually love that? Because it'd be hype as hell. It would be hype as hell, <laughs> and I think the and I think the ultimate resolve is that with these two timelines, even though both of these being available allow, say, Zach and Aerith to stick around, if they made it that ultimately converging the two mean that Zach and Aerith had to go back into the live stream, that would be a beautiful send off. See, yeah, now because my just to just to go into more detail about my specific theory in regards to all the intermission stuff. 
plat, uh, plainly and flatly, I believe that Zach is is alive because that is another thing that people are sort of debating on whether he's alive or not. I do think he's alive. I do think he's alive in the OG timeline, or very possibly a another separate timeline that is not remake or OG. It's like something else entirely, and that is only really based on the fact that, or the idea that. I think that whatever timeline that Zack is alive in right now, Aerith is dead. And that is why all those people are mourning in the church at the end. Because I don't think he... Because I initially... I was talking to you like right after Intermission came out. That I was thinking that maybe he got put forward in time. Because in the order... I think a lot of people get confused in the order of in events of which we were shown these things. Mm-hmm. So people... I think a lot of people maybe got the idea that because we were shown that Zack's cutscene in the way that we saw it, thinking that, oh, Aerith isn't there because she's out with Cloud and everyone else. And like, oh, all those people there are because of the Sector 7 plate fall. But, and there have been, I haven't really done a, a lot of research necessarily on this, but I have seen a few different videos bring up a similar point of that, that symbol in the back of the church, that cross, for lack of a better term, uh, that is in the back of the church, or like the altar, basically. In the Zack flashback, it is made out of wood. And and I've confirmed that in Remake, it is made out of stone. And if you look at OG, if you look at when you go to the church in OG, it is made out of wood. So that, it, to me, is proof enough that he is maybe alive in the OG timeline. But that doesn't account for Aerith not being there. And and of course, this could all be like, this could be a red herring and like, oh, maybe she's like around the corner or something. Maybe. But I think why all those people are mourning in that church is because she's dead. And I think that in Zack's timeline, Aerith is dead. And that kind of brings in a lot of different possibilities of like, okay, because we don't know how much control Sephiroth has over these timelines, and especially now that fate is gone, um, I heard some some interesting theories of like, oh well, since the whispers aren't there to protect Aerith, Sef- you know, Sephiroth or somebody, she she could have just died, just kind of whatever, because there's no whispers protecting her. She's there. There's no there's no fate keeping her alive. Basically, you know, there's mm. no you know because we were kind of talking about how you know killing fate sort of took away everyone's plot armor. And we were only thinking of that in terms of the remake timeline. But I would think that this would have echoing consequences across if there are multiple timelines that would, that would ring true as well. Right. At least in theory, that would, that would ring true. So I do think that Zach is alive, that he is in the, he's still in the past, so this would him being at the church would literally maybe be a day or two after his last stand, right? Mm-hmm. So he came back to Midgar, dropped Cloud off somewhere, and then went to go see Aerith. In which case, you know, and who knows, maybe with all the, the timelines getting all mixed up or whatever, Cloud and the others, you know, fucking around in the singularity could have had, like, disastrous consequences. So basically, maybe I'm thinking that, and we were also thinking of the idea that a remake is a sort of sequel quote unquote to OG in that Aerith knows some things maybe about the past or what will happen in the future technically. 
So if that works out, then I feel like that kind of gives a little bit more credence in that they're at least, if it's not a sequel, that there there's something connecting all of these different things together. Yep. And Aerith has that connection to the planet where that makes sense to me that if the planet thinks that it's threatened in any way, and I think something of this scale would be a threat to the planet, you know, especially because Sephiroth is already a threat to the planet, but he wants to do all this potentially crazier shit. Uh, I feel like maybe they would be like, hey, Aerith, um, so this is how it's going to happen. This is going to, you know, things are going to go down this way. You know, don't tell anybody that we're telling you this, but <laughs> things are happening. Um, so I, I think, ultimately, I do think there are two timelines. I, I, A lot of people were saying that this scene with uh, Zack in the church was a, possibly a red herring, or that the uh, the stamp scene from the from remake original or remake vanilla, whatever, uh, was a red herring. But I don't think that if anything is a red herring, I, th- I would think that the cutscene at the end of intermission was a red herring or at least was not maybe not a red herring, but meant to like purposefully kind of make you second guess what is happening. Mm-hmm. I still think that Zach is alive in some some place in time. We just don't know where that is, where or when. And that's the real where doozy. Yeah, and that's that's kind of where I land is that I feel like he is alive somewhere and, you know, he would have still have the Buster Sword because he hasn't given it to Cloud yet. But if Zack is alive in this this new timeline and End Aerith is dead, that could be I mean shit, that could be a whole other game basically of going through uh going through Zack's story and be like, "Oh, maybe this is you know, maybe, you know, characters that we know are in different situations. You know, maybe, you know, maybe Barrett's, you know, like a recluse somewhere. He's living in a, maybe he's living in Cosmo Canyon and on his own or something. Or You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that kind of, that kind of lends itself to like, because we're thinking about all the crazy potential things for the future of Remake. But if there is these multiple timelines, maybe the Remake timeline maybe runs a, a bit more linearly to what we remember with maybe definitely some variances here and there. But I feel like the real potential for all the real fucked up stuff would come in that Zack timeline. Well, let me, you know what I mean? Yeah. And even though I, again, neither one of us know what the hell is going to happen in the no, end. Yeah. We, that's yeah. But this is all speculation. But I will say as someone who thinks it's more likely, there's going to be one timeline looping back on itself. One way that these two timelines at least work in my head is there seems to be this implication, right? That when we keep looking at the party, and this will this is true, even if you just take it from the end of chapter 18 and remake through this these epilogue scenes. When we look mm-hmm. at the main party, they're doing exactly what we expect them to be doing. They're headed to calm. Chocobo Bill is on the way. Like it's all yeah. there. It's all intact. And they showed that to us. They purposely showed mm-hmm. us all of that to imply, hey, look. Everything here is perfectly intact. You're going to but calm Nick, just like an OG. But then they do, and they did that in remake. My stomach's in knots, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> and then we cut to Zach, where it's like, oh, wait, hold on. Something isn't intact. But if that's not intact, how could all of this over here be intact? Something's all not right. right. Mm-hmm. So in and that way, it- I see how these two timelines could certainly be happening. Yeah, and and the the thing ultimately with a lot of this stuff and something that I found out very very quickly while 
uh, trying not to lose my sanity, trying to think about this stuff, um, is that a lot of these things, unfortunately, since there is such a wide berth of ground that we can cover with a lot of these things, ultimately, they all end up in dead ends just because we don't have enough information. Which is why I have and to say these these Zach scenes are so... The Zach food, let's call it the Zach food. It's <laughs> so Zach snacks. It's so beautifully crafted. To yeah. just to leave us in, in in complete oblivion, like the f- the fact that like because I was expecting it like a the tiniest little nugget of something, and I guess technically we did get that, but we got a crumb. It wasn't a nugget. We we literally like not even like the smallest like you would have to see a you would have to use a microscope to see the speck that we got from this. Yeah. <laughs> well, because that's what this that's episode what... is, right? We're we're putting the fucking scene yeah we're under put, a we're, we're we're putting our lab coats on. And our tinfoil hats on, and we're and we're <laughs> we're gonna go down this rabbit hole. But yeah, it it was kind of crazy to me that they were able to do that in in a sense that like they they gave us more with they they told us more without basically telling us anything. You know what I mean? I know. Like exactly they showed us more stuff, but we're nowhere closer than where we were a year ago. Nope. In terms of figuring out what the hell's going on, and that would to me was the biggest sort of like whoa like because i was i was thinking okay you know we're gonna get to the end you know yuffie's gonna see the play fall and you know we're gonna see what happens to her outside of the singularity it's like no no you don't see any of that no none of it (laughs) you get to see you get to see her riding a chocobo and you get to see the the party uh bullshitting and having a good time which i'm not mad at i'm i definitely like you said before like i love those scenes and was really making me want part two to happen like now and was kind of unfair in that way of like, man, come on. <laughs> they're just they're just dangling it in front of our face like, I ah, see you want this. Ah, it's <laughs> at least a year away, you fuckers. <laughs> Literally at least. At least a year away. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, enjoy this while you can because you're not going to be seeing these people <laughs> for a while. But hey, I didn't think I intermission was a surprise to me. So I'm. In terms of expectations of like when we're gonna get things in the future, I have no idea. No idea. They could they could come at us at, in a few months at Tokyo Game Show and be like, "Hey, here it is. It'll be ready. It'll be ready Here's next the summer." Trailer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Final Fantasy 16 is coming out in December. Whatever. Who cares? <laughs> and that's not confirmed, by the way, which was a a big a big sad. And I hope we hopefully we hear some information about that. I have a feeling that's but, that's gonna be the highlight of Tokyo Game Show. But that's another conversation I hope, I hope for so. another day. Hopefully not Guardians of the Galaxy, but you know, <laughs> hey, we're <laughs> we're not we're not talking about Square as a company. We're talking about Square in the very the very unique team. context of, of of remake and more specifically intermission. Well, and more specifically, uh, Zach theories. And more, yeah, more specifically, Zach. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, it, it, it. I had I ran the whole gamut of okay. He got brought alive in time and then wait, no, maybe there was like a Thanos snap and all those people in the church came back when Zack came back because like that changed everything. Right. And that would mean that a whole bunch of people are kind of like dis, you know, dislocated uh, or whatever, you know, they're kind of out of time or whatever mm-hmm. and doing these whole things. And then it's funny that uh, if anyone's been checking out the the Loki show on Disney Plus, they've been that sh- that entire show is basically. Uh, built around that there's like this sacred timeline and there's like this sort of like you know orwellian authoritarian sort of company that is in charge of keeping the timeline you know keeping the sacred timeline intact or everything is going to go to shit and whatever i highly recommend it even if you're not like a big mcu person 
anyways, <laughs> I just thought that was kind of interesting that this is going on while that was happening as well. And just all this talk about timelines. I haven't thought about timelines this much since, I don't know, the first time I saw Back to the Future. Yeah, legit. <laughs> but now now we seem to be doubling down on it. Um, but um, I'd like to get into my interpretation yes. of what's going yes. on. So your 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 grandfather the grandfather paradox yeah mm-hmm. for those who don't know that means that the timeline loops back on itself so that when we killed the whispers and Zack survived it didn't create some separate timeline where Zack was it alive it changed it changed the timeline it changed our past like our characters are in the singularity right. they changed the past very much very much like back to the future exactly <laughs> exactly and you know that, that was a better segue exactly <laughs> And then when they come out of the singularity, the party remains unaffected, but everything that happened in the past has now changed and almost shifted around, very much like the butterfly effect. Which I think is, I still think that theory is also very viable because the the party was already outside of Midgar by when they finished with the singularity and all that stuff, so... We don't know what state everything's actually in. Like we're shown, like Marl and and all those people, like fixing up. Yeah, the, you the know, most we really got was, was that scene and Biggs being alive. That's really the right. only sort of insight that we got to see. But what makes that so interesting is that when we got those shots into Midgar, nobody seemed to be in a panic. Nobody seemed to be in a bad way. But then we mm. get the cut to the Zach scene, and we kind of have the opposite when we look in on that church. But getting back to this one timeline theory we'll call it um mm. i actually think even though we have plenty of convoluted stuff coming our way by way of zach i actually think that a lot of us might be overthinking this and again i touched on this at the yeah. end of last mm-hmm. episode where if you look at the way the editing and the directing was at the end of remake what happened we see the party we defeated sephiroth temporarily anyway and then mm-hmm. we make our way Towards calm, the party is leaving. It starts raining, and as it starts raining, you have that overlap of oh, two, yeah, two Zach di- and, and it, Cloud and it, everyone passing each other. Exactly, but it's very—it's clearly not happening on one plane. It's either right. in like either it's either in two separate timelines that's happening, or it's one timeline, just two separate um, points in history. Right, but mm-hmm. because of the rain and the way rain works in the Final Fantasy world people who are connected to the planet like Aerith and like Zack are able to have these sorts of cross communications or these sort Mm -hmm. of messages. So if you look at the way that was sort of edited, you had them leaving and you had Zack and Cloud headed towards Midgar. One set, one faction is headed towards Midgar in the past. Another faction is leaving Midgar in the present. And then if Mm -hmm. we cut to the epilogue at the end of intermission, what do we see? We see the party Leaving Midgar. Leaving Midgar. So. Picking up right where they <laughs> not, left off. Not not that far away. Not that like far. Literally. literally just steps away from where Remake ended. They're walking mm-hmm. towards Calm just as they should be. Just where we left them off in Remake. And then when we cut to Zack and he's in Midgar, to me, the way I'm understanding it right now is just like we picked up with the party where we left him, we should be picking up Zack right from where right we left where, him. Exactly. And that's, that's where I still, like, with my double timeline theory i feel like you do keep that that, intact right right and i think and i you know i want to i i kind of want to i want to refrain from 
because it, this stuff is so easy to just like you analyze over every frame mm-hmm. and be like, oh, everything. Because I feel like there's a reason why they showed us these things, right? In 100%. the way that they showed them, because these are not just like throwaway scenes, obviously. So like it's very deliberate that we're catching up with the party only literally a couple of you know hundred or so miles outside of Midgar where we could still see it on the horizon, right? Right. To make sure like, hey, yeah, we're not that far from where you saw us last time. And with Zack, it's naturally, if you know anything about Zack, you would know that the first place he'd want to go is when he came back to Midgar was to see Aerith. So it would naturally, you would assume like, yes, this is just a continuation of everything else. And I feel like there's the, the way that they are specifically setting up these certain pieces is definitely worth paying attention to, but is not to the point of like, guys, we need to start, we need a, we need a, we need a dry board. And we need a, a dry erase board, and we need <laughs> we need to we need to start pinning you know red strings across the room. Uh, I don't think it's gotten to that level. It definitely, like I said, it was. I almost fell into that trap in the beginning, and, and you and you almost did too. Of like, yeah, we need to we need to overanalyze every single aspect of this. But I think it kind of lends itself to like whether you believe in the two timeline theory or the grandfather paradox theory. It kind of works itself out in a way. It's compa- you know? it's compatible with with it's both compatible. outcomes, yeah. And you know, for me, the reason why I, I'm inclined to believe this sort of theory that we might be stuck in one, mm. um, I thought because for the longest time awesome. there are a lot of there are a lot of open questions and a lot of mysteries from remake, right? Like how did mm-hmm. how did Big survive the pillar? Uh, mm-hmm. There's Jesse's headband and gloves. Did she survive the pillar collapse? Uh, did mm-hmm. how did Wedge survive? How did Wedge get into deep ground? Right. Mm-hmm. So, I thought that intermission might answer those questions. That we might see. Oh yeah, Yuffie collaborated with Avalanche. She seems to really admire that Splinter Cell. Maybe she and Sonin were the ones who saved them. But no, no, that still <laughs> isn't from them. And it's still they're not the reason that Wedge was mysteriously just laying in deep ground. Like we have to consider yeah. that for a second here. Like Wedge was just lying in deep ground, not yeah. not for and no reason. Is, and it's not like because you know I think the way that they were trying to frame it is like. Well, he was near his apartment or wherever, or near his house, trying to save his cats. And it's like, the way things happen, I don't know if, if there were, this giant hole in the ground would open up and then he would fall into it to the point where... not And, and it, wasn't, it wasn't also, he wasn't at just at the bottom of the hole. He was like inside that facility. And he also doesn't seem to have any sort of significant memory of it because when we get him back to the surface and he starts working with us again, he doesn't go, guys, guys, I got to tell you how I got down to deep ground. He seems to really not have yeah, any sort he, of recollection. He literally, of I don't think he, he, I don't think he mentions a single thing about it. Actually. No, he has no, <laughs> which is, which is funny that it's like, even he like, you know, he's he would be like our one on tying link to all this stuff. And even he doesn't mention anything about it whatsoever. Right. So, and we still, te- we still technically don't know. We don't even know if he's dead. Technically. We don't know. I, it's only implied that so he's dead. So show me his body. <laughs> exactly. I, I am one of those people that I need to see. I need to see a corpse. Yep. And I need to, I need to, you need to chop off his head before I know. And even then, I'm not sure. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But to me, a big part of this is, look, Zach is going to play some big part in this story, right? Absolutely. But. That I can, we can both agree on for sure. We could both agree on. And one of the things that you see, at least in both OG and Remake, 
is people who have a, who are a little bit clued into what's going on with Cloud, they walk on eggshells around him. They're very fra- mm-hmm. they they understand he's very mentally fragile because his eggs are scrambled. So mm-hmm. it would make sense. A lot can happen to a guy in five a years. Lot, yeah, right. So it would make sense that if Zach was revived and was brought back into the timeline, that doesn't necessarily mean he would just collaborate with everybody. Right. But there seems to be someone in the shadows who's working Pulling with strings. us. Pulling strings, yeah. Whether, whether you're looking at, you know, all the stamps that were left around and pointing us in the right direction, whether you look at the mm-hmm. Avalanche members who survived. And if you consider Zack in Crisis Core, he does have some prior knowledge and relationship with the nation of Wutai. He is a little bit clued into what's going on there. And he was threatened by you. He was threatened by (laughs) with her fake punches to the stomach. Um, But the way I see it, Zach gets back to Midgar after dropping cloud off and we could go on all day about what he did with cloud. I think he probably brought him to Tifa. Zach does know who Tifa is. It would make sense that he would bring cloud Mm -hmm. to a mutual friend. Um, even though, I mean, it's weird because I wonder I wonder if Tifa would be like, hey, what's up? Yeah, I'll do this favor for you. And not, hey, fuck you, guy who was there when my whole hometown got destroyed and my master died. And Well, no, her master didn't die, actually. He saved her. Yeah. But, and uh, her father died. They, That's who died. Her father died. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um So, yeah, it's it because now that's why I, I really like the idea of this, like, alternate timeline theory because that to me opens up the like almost sort of like the zach timeline could be almost like a for lack of a better term a fan fiction timeline where you could see like i you know you know like i said like barrett could be you know he's like a a lazy like you know he's just like a a a wage slave kind of guy you know he doesn't doesn't care about taking over shinra or anything and like tifa's Tifa doesn't own the bar. She just works there or something, you know, or like, yeah, in my, in my head, I'm like, I'm just imagining Zach with an eye patch and he looks like cloud from kingdom hearts (laughs) where he's, where he's got the tattered scarf and he's like, basically I'm thinking of like dark timeline shit. Well, he does. That's the thing. And this is something they can do with Zach is he does have S cells in him. So there's, you know, Mm. he, he may be growing a black wing if he's not careful, but um, mm. going back to the grandfather paradox is there's a lot of, ho- not plot holes, but there's a lot of holes in our understanding of what happened in remake. Mm-hmm. And a way a lot of these holes could be plugged up is if Zach was alive the entire time. And I really mm-hmm. give way into that because that leaves a lot of the, cause like Square Enix loves to tell a convoluted story. We know that. And we love that. That's why we're all here. Um, yep. but I think it would make, not that it would make more sense, but that, you know, if we basically, if we have the alternate timelines, right, it still mm-hmm. leaves everything in this timeline, all those questions unanswered. Right. And then when I Absolutely. hear what, like, the, what, I, it was either Nomura or Katase, what they said in an interview, that if we let you in on what's going on with Zach, it answers everything. And that's why we can't let you in on it right now. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm more, at least right now, and I'm not attached to this. Again, I'm ready for Square Enix to do whatever the hell they want to do. I trust them. I know. I have faith that I'm really going to like it. But to me, at least right now, it seems slightly apparent that Zack is alive in this timeline. And mm-hmm. I, I I can't help but think of the butterfly effect because I keep coming back to Stamp. 
I keep coming back to Stamp yeah. and how Stamp got shifted. And there's one thing I did notice. I don't know if you caught this in the Yuffie DLC, but you can mm. sneak into like this. Um, you can sneak into this little tunnel that takes you to like this um, outdoor classroom where teacher. Oh yeah, where she's t- telling this the Stamp story. Yeah, right? right. And it's Stamp. It's not the Terrier. It's still the Beagle it's Stamp. The Beagle now, because there's I had been thinking about Stamp recently because I feel like Stamp is kind of crucial to all this stuff and if i I, if i remember correctly in in remake uh barrett does or somebody mentions that stamp was recently redesigned to be the beagle instead of uh, well they didn't terrier well they didn't they didn't they didn't specify what he used to be right so i that's why i'm thinking that that gives me more credence to the the two timelines thing or that the OG and remake are t- on two separate timelines because it could be because in that time when Zack survives his last stand, that's still in the past of remake in terms of remake, right? Mm-hmm. So he stamp could have been redesigned in that time between Zack's last stand and the beginning of OG or remake or whatever, right? So that's and that's I feel like everything. <laughs> tying back into like where i go back and forth a lot is because it's like it could be one timeline but he's still like in the past technically you know what i mean yeah yeah, i know what you're saying but but that would also have like you said a butterfly effect effect on everything else so like then that then that also kind of leads me like well okay so then there are two clouds but are there two clouds yeah, he's, or is the cloud the cloud that Zach brought back? Does he like just disappear somewhere or something? See, I think you know? I think that's the same cloud as our cloud. Right. I I, I don't think there's gonna be two clouds running around. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Because he's because he's okay. Because I think all right. So what you're saying is basically like so that cloud that Zach brought back is the same cloud that we have in remake. That's our but, cloud. Yeah. Because that the party was in the singularity. Well, I want to get into that things... in a little bit. I want to get okay. into that in a little bit when we move okay. on to some other theories. But I guess okay. so. Let me just cap off my theory, I guess, and then we can move on. Um, mm. So I, I've said everything I basically need to say about you know the grandfather paradox. This being one timeline, because I think when we see that terrier, I think that's going to mm. be our part. And this isn't evidence. This is more speculation. We've moved past that at this point. Um, yeah. But I think that's going to be our party's clue in. Like, they're going to see that and be like, wait, that's that's not what Stamp look, looks like. Mm. And then it's... Oh, okay. It's All right. to, yeah, because... Yeah. Because, yeah, because we haven't... They haven't interacted with society yet. Nope, just Chocobo Bob or Bill, just and that doesn't really Chocobo count. Chocobo Bill, yeah. But, yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, that's... Because Chocobos are always going to exist, and someone's always going to be running a ranch... Full, full chocobos. So I, <laughs> I think Chocobo Bill is a uh, is, is a constant. Uh, if we're thinking in terms of Bioshock Infinite constants and variables, <laughs> I think uh, Chocobo Bill would be a constant, <laughs> without but, question. Uh, yeah, I think that is because I feel like I keep going back to that point. Like they haven't interacted with the world yet. Nope. In any significant and, and way, and even so. when they do, there's not really anything that can clue them in, right? Like ta- being there right. with Chocobo Bill, like. There's nothing that can really clue them in. Like everything is you know, as it should be. Calm is still be. calm. You know, it's not like it's not like they got that ride from Chocobo Bill and is like, "Hey, could you take us to calm?" And he's like, "What? Calm? You you mean that crater in the ground?" <laughs> <laughs> you, know? Uh, you know, so like it's like on the surface at least everything seems 
similar, but I feel like, yeah, I, I do get that feeling that like, yeah, the remake timeline will also have its changes and it's, and it's little quirks that are different from what we know. Like I still, even if there are two timelines, I still think that the remake timeline is going to be fucked up in, in its own way. But I feel like the other timeline will also be fucked up in, in a different way. And they kind of have to maybe reconverge them to make the proper, the, the sacred timeline. If I'm right. going by the, the Loki show, uh, you know, <clears throat> gotcha. so. Oh, one more, it. one more thing, yeah. I guess, before we move off the one timeline thing. The other thing that tipped me off is when Zach gets to the church and you look at the flower bed, you can see the sunlight coming through the hole in the ceiling. And it looks, mm -hmm. you see like that some flowers have been like laid upon or crashed upon. So right, yeah. People were saying that the some flowers look the flowers look wilted, and I, I don't know if they look. I don't wilted know they look wilted. They look like they've been like either stepped on or landed on. If we remember Zach, and, Zach himself flew through the ceiling and landed on those. Yeah, two. and 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 also not for nothing. We also there are people just standing in the flower bed. That too. <laughs> and when we see that scene, I'm like, hey, uh, it's almost like they did that on purpose, just to be like, eh, yeah, eh, you never know, you never like, know. Mm, is she? Mm, is she just in the? Is is Aerith? Like that's. I'm still. I still think that. I still want to say that Aerith is dead. Well, I'll, I'll clue I'll, where, before, wherever Zach is. Right. But. And before we move on to another theory, I want to point i want to um give some credence to that idea because you know like you said earlier they're showing all of us this for a reason and it's not mm -hmm. like zach just shows up Aerith's not there and it's like oh he's at, she's at elmira's you fool it's like they're showing us that she's missing for a reason mm -hmm. you know and we're yet to see what that is what 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 that reason what is, that exactly. reason is but if you those bastards right, yeah for real <laughs> But uh, if, you, if you're good with it, I'd like to move on to a particular creator's theory that caught my eye. Maybe now we can start talking about some theories you and I have caught on to in the ether. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So I've recommended this guy a lot. Um, if you love Final Fantasy VII, uh, you got to check out Ray Kaufman on YouTube. He's an awesome guy. Releases content mm -hmm. constantly. Really passionate about the series. Really loves what's going on. So that's Ray Kaufman. Look him up. He's great. But he has this theory. I'm going to do my best not to butcher it. So I apologize <laughs> if I don't get this completely right. But a lot of this stems from us going into the singularity. And like, look, I'm going to give everybody a uh, half-baked version of this. So if you want, if you think this sounds interesting, please look up his video and his theory. Now, just yeah. just, just, just to say real quick, it's spelled C-O-F-F-M-A-N, yes. right? Yes, C-O-F-F-M-A-N. Okay. There you go. Yeah, Ray Kaufman. Ray Kaufman. Ray Kaufman. Right? Okay, yeah. Um, I, I'm familiar with his content, too. Yeah, he's... And I also echo that recommendation. He's a great well. guy. He's a game. If you like gaming dads, he's one of the gaming dads out there. <laughs> yeah, giving, exactly. Giving us all hope. Um, but basically, so here's his, his little Zack theory, which um, I think sounds pretty cool. And I think it could work. So his, he thinks that Zack scene is in the present time, which, again, we just spent 40 minutes both you and I giving theories of it not being in the present time. But for the sake <laughs> yeah. of the diversity of ideas, we're going to rope this one in. He mm -hmm. thinks that was in the present time. Now, before I get into what his exact theory is, let's uh, go into that singularity thing you and I were going to talk about earlier. Because one of the big things people have a problem with is, Zach has that buster sword. How could he have that buster sword? How could there be two buster swords? Here's Ray's explanation for that. When, when we got to chapter 18 in Remake... 
Sephiroth opened the portal into the singularity. And from that singularity, we were able to influence the fabric of reality. And from that influence, we got Zack's survival. Now, the reason why they're able to be two Buster Swords is because Cloud and the party were in the singularity, leaving them unaffected by the changes and we see it they come back from the singularity they're the same people they, mm -hmm. they, they, they have the same attitudes they all know who each other are they're wearing the same clothes it's all intact but that's because they were in the singularity and they were they were left separate separate left unaffected so because right. they were protected and that version of the buster sword is protected Zack was able to maintain his Buster Sword now that he survived. And this is his way mm -hmm. of explaining not only why are there two Buster Swords, but why Aerith wasn't there in the church. Now, mm -hmm. now the big doozy, what the hell was Zack doing between him getting back to Midgar and the month, month and a half it took to get to the end of Remake? His theory, mm -hmm. he has one of two theories. Both being around him being intercepted at some point. Because, like, here's the thing. Zack was being pursued by Shinra. And just because he survived the last stand doesn't mean Shinra's still not pursuing him. They know he's out there. They want to get him. They know he has protected secrets and knowledge and everything. They know he's a threat to what they have going on. So it's very possible he gets back to Midgar and is either intercepted by Wutai or is intercepted by Shinra. And those could go either way, and you could take those in a million directions. He personally seems to subscribe to the idea that Shinra intercepted him, and essentially Hojo put him on ice. Now, we'll get into mm -hmm. why and the motives and the whole ideas, but if you can remember the scene in Remake when we went to Deep Ground, and when, Cla when, they, uh, when Barrett blasted a hole through the wall, they peeked inside, and before the whispers pushed them out... Cloud got a peek into one of the tubes, and he saw himself. Now, if you think about that symbolically, Cloud is in many ways embodying Zack, Zack's living legacy. Yeah, and right. and and he and Cloud did spend some time in a tube. Yes. After the Nibelheim incident, so that exactly, exactly. Um, but he sees to see himself as Zack. Like he doesn't bring up Zack at any point. Like even when Aerith asks, "Got any war buddies? Anyone that you met in Soldier? You remember?" He goes, "Nope." No idea, but when Aerith says Zack's name, his brain starts melting. When he gets a look at that tube, even though he sees himself, his brain starts melting. Almost like something else was put there. Like his brain projected himself in there because if he were to see Zack, his brain would melt. Yeah, which, yeah, because we, and we have plenty of evidence thus far in just Remake alone, and obviously OG, that he, whenever Zack is mentioned, he literally, his brain literally cannot handle right that being and you know and it's funny because that makes me think of that scene when he is falling into the church <laughs> uh and and that he's in that white void and he's talking to himself right? but was that it's, him it's it's very reminiscent of a similar scene yep. from advent yep. children when he's talking to zach yep. in the white void and if his brain cannot for some reason think of zach or you know obviously he's like mentally blocking him out or whatever then that would he would replace that with him because in his mind Zach doesn't technically exist. It's always been Cloud and never Zach. You know exactly. So, so. that gives a little credence mm -hmm. into it. You know, it's you're starting to see the pieces fall into place. Now the question becomes: Why put him on ice? What are we trying to do here? So one thing worth remembering is Rufus is running Shinra now, and Rufus has his own plans. He's got his own thing going on. He's not mm -hmm. hes not his father. 
He's got his own plans going on. <laughs> but Hojo, Hojo doesn't care what Shinra's plans are. Hojo has no, his own Ho- ideas. Hojo's got his own his own agenda. Exactly. And we saw a little bit of that in intermission. Um, but the idea here could be Rufus doesn't really have an interest in Aerith. It's not it's not really shown much in OG. It's not really shown in remake. He has no he has no desire for Neo Midgar like his father did. And the only reason mm-hmm. his father had an interest with in Aerith was for Neo Midgar. Now, Hojo is a sick fuck, and he he doesn't care about Neo Midgar, but he has other plans for Aerith. Um mm-hmm. here's where things get a little crazy. So <laughs> why <laughs> put Zack on ice? So the party leaves Midgar. And then if Hojo is able to activate or release Zack, he could. Maybe in some way, Zack doesn't think much time has passed. He makes his way to the church. He doesn't see Aerith. Naturally, what's he going to do? He's going to go looking for Aerith. What does this do? Mm-hmm. This allows Hojo to follow Zack to locate Aerith. Now, that's Ray Kaufman's theory. It's not one I've heard anywhere else. It's got a little bit of backbone to it. You can see how the pieces connect. There's a little bit of mental gymnastics there because it's like... Yeah, that's... But that's... I think that is something that is... Uh, we're all doing that. ...to a lot of these theories as well. Like I said before, there's a lot... <clears throat> there's a lot of different theories that you can have with these things, but they ultimately end up at a certain spot just because there isn't enough information. Right. Everybody has to fill in the blanks with something, and the blank he's filling in is Zach gets intercepted and put on ice. How it happens, Absolutely. who does it, how, how his memory works, we don't know, because we all have to take leaps with these theories. But that's a theory I really liked. If you want to hear it in more detail, definitely look into Ray Kaufman. He's a great creator, loves FF7. Um... But uh, unless you have any questions or anything you want to flesh out on that, um, if you want to bring up one that you bumped into that you really liked, I think that'd be cool. No, I mean, I uh, <laughs> there was, I mean, I've seen a lot of different, um, not necessarily theories, but uh, a lot of sort of uh, certain pieces of uh, quote unquote evidence that people had that immediately I kind of was like, eh. And one was like, uh, oh, you know, when you see the that scene of uh, Zach standing in front of the church, oh, you, the the plate is still intact. And my immediate <clears throat> my immediate thought is, well, you can't tell that. But a lot of people, I saw so many people falling for this thing. They would show a screenshot of the the plates that we see from the, the perspective of we're in front of the church, right? Mm-hmm. But if I remember correctly, Sector 7 is to the left of the church. And we're pretty much looking at the church like dead on from the front. So where Sector 7 would be in relation to the church is conveniently off screen. So I think <clears throat> if anyone sees that sort of theory or has that theory of themselves, that that has or that is evidence that they have to support a theory, I wouldn't just because it doesn't logistically make any sense. <clears throat> And I feel like a lot of people were kind of, I think a lot of people were maybe confused about where the church was in relation to certain things. And that was one common thing I kept seeing a lot of. Yeah, I know. Uh, I don't have a good understanding of the geography of what plates are located where. So it's like, now, I, I, I'm I, could, thinking, I saw those same things. And like, in my head, I'm like, I can't even get into this because it's like, I, I, I don't know what to believe because I just don't right, have the knowledge. I'm only thinking because I'm remembering from the layout from remake is like because we go from because sector the church is in sector five right 
and then we go we pass through sector six which has wall market in it to get to sector seven and we're and if i'm remembering just the way that the map is laid out in the game you're going you go that the when you first meet up with Aerith and you're you know going through you come down off of the rooftops and everything you're going down a path that is to the left away from the church and that kind of wraps around that way so <clears throat> i have not i've not looked at a diagram or anything but this is just strictly going off of my memory and i feel like since i think that was an early thing i saw and i think that was people just trying to grasp at certain things um <clears throat> I think the the idea, the theory that I have from uh, it, him, uh, Zach, still being in the past in some form is uh, I forget I forget the guy's name, but it was another YouTuber that I, I had seen who um, had posited that theory about the that, for lack of a better term, the cross in the back of the church mm -hmm. that was made out of wood in that scene of the at the end of intermission. And I did, like I said before, I did go back and, and looked at the scene from remake when you meet Aerith in the church for the first time and it is made of stone or is, is gray or whatever, you know, cause it's, it's hard to tell if it's out of wood or if it's just colored differently. <clears throat> Sorry. I keep having this thing in my throat here. You're good, man. Um, but, uh, yeah. So I think that, that is what kind of spurred me into thinking, okay, so he is alive in, uh, in the original timeline or something. Cause the, you know, then I looked at, I rem I, did the research and looked at a screen of OG, you know, a screen from the church in OG, and that is the same color as this, the one that we see in the intermission cutscene at the end. So I'm thinking, okay, that to me makes it a little bit more viable that he is alive in the past, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. And then, so then, um, and then I'm thinking, okay, well, so that explains that part, but what that doesn't explain the people crying in the church. And then that was my kind of leap to be like, okay, well, either the people crying in the church are either um, refugees from Sector 7, or they're <laughs> that little fun idea I had about the Thanos snap, <laughs> which was, uh, I still secretly want that to be true, or they're there mourning Aerith's death that happened some point before Zach got there. Can I posit one rebuttal to them mourning Aerith? Sure. I don't... Like, if you remember the side quests, I forget which chapter it is exactly, but all the side quests you could do, like, either with Aerith or the people in Aerith's town, I'm not seeing any of those people there, like the doctor or the school teacher. Like, see, yeah, now that's Folia the thing is that I saw... Them. I feel like you'd see... If there were people mourning, I feel like Miss Folio would be there, the doctor would be there. See, that's now, the here's the thing... Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I absolutely. And I another thing that I heard people saying is that they saw uh, the Shinra middle manager in that scene. And there is a guy that is sitting on the floor that looks like he might be wearing a black suit. Okay. And kind of looks, I, you know, I, it's one of those things where like it could be, but I don't think it is. Um, I, I but did still, the middle like, manager I'm, ever meet Aerith? I feel like he had a rapport with Tifa. See now. Well, see, now that was when that was kind of a thing where I was still thinking that these were the refugees of Sector 7, you know, and, and we know that the Shinra middle manager lives in Sector 7. So that, that was what <clears throat> tied me to that originally. Um, but I watched that scene. I've shit. I, I've kind of lost count how many times I've rewatched <laughs> this this scene, but I, I'm pretty sure that it's not him. Uh which would then kind of leave me to, to think that, yeah, no, this is something 
this is this is a different time, right? But yeah, I, I do agree with the like I said, none none neither of these none of the theories that we talk about here are like ironclad in any respect at, at all. So, and I'm I'm much in the similar mindset of you, like you said at the beginning of like I'm kind of cool with wherever it goes as long as it's fun, and as long as it's you know you know they they craft it very well and and I have fun throughout the whole thing. I don't really care how things end up necessarily. Um, but yeah, I think there's, there's a lot of things that I was seeing a lot of people of kind of mis misinterpreting or kind of, you know, kind of bending a little bit to be like, Oh, this is, I'm just going to like bend this thing to, so it can kind of fit with my theory a little bit. Can I tell you, um, can I just punch in why that's so dangerous? Yeah, sure, please, because I, I, I was going to have a similar thing. Yeah, because like yes. this is part of that sort of moment of clarity, where it's like, if I get too wrapped up in my own headcanon, I get too attached to two timelines, one timeline, this, that, you're going to really, you're going to miss out on the on the beauty of what's being told to you. Like, I hate to say it like this, and as literally a as literally an FF7 podcaster, I kind of sound like a hypocrite <laughs> here, but it's like, <laughs> like you kind of need to sit down and shut up. And like, let them tell the story. Yeah, it's fun at, to speculate, point, but like, yeah. when people get too attached to head cannons and stuff, it's like you yeah. it's gonna you're gonna psych yourself out of enjoying things. Exactly, and I feel like it's one of those things where, especially nowadays, I feel like people are a lot more open to the idea of like, hey, I'm just gonna disregard the actual cannon for my head cannon, oh. and like be okay with that. Oh. And I'm like, I mean. I'm not necessarily here to say that that's the wrong do way you? to go about things. Do you? Do you? But like, it is kind of. It can be. It can lead to like certain. Like you're just but, ignoring. But Chris, Chris, can you imagine? Point. Could you imagine like pouring your heart into a story? I'm gonna say it very simple, just to make it easy to understand. Pouring your heart into a story where the more like the moral of the story is, hey, look, guys, apples are red, and you should be a good person. But then someone comes out the other end and they're like, nah, man, the way I read that, apples are blue and it doesn't pay to be a good person. And it's like, oh. You're just like, oh, okay, this, oh. this story, I guess, was not meant for you. <laughs> you, were not to, you were not meant to enjoy the story. And then they go on story. Twitter, the giant Twitter threads about why apples are blue. And it's like, oh. oh. Do you? Do you? I'm all about letting people enjoy things. But yeah, I, I think you should it's... work hard. To understand. It's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope because I think you should you should do your best to try to understand what the writers are trying to tell you or what they're trying yeah. to say. Yeah, you should like, you know, have your own ideas. And, you know, obviously, you know, this is part of like being a part of any like community uh, involved around some form of entertainment. Right. It's like, you know, coming together as a community and like having your different ideas and, and things like that. But there, there should be a line <laughs> to, to where it's like, you know, yeah, it'd be cool. You know, Hey, I would love if Zach and everybody were alive on the same timeline and we could all have a, you know, we could all have a giant massive party together and, you know, everyone's alive and, you know, Jesse's there and Zach's there and fucking, I don't know, Kunzel's there. <laughs> Cisne is there. Everybody's there oh, and it'd Cisne be great. For remake, man. You know, I, I am, I am, I, I'm a sucker for dream team uh, 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 stories and things like that and events and, and certain things. But I also uh, want to, yeah, I think what they're, what they're trying to craft with the story of this game is something that I think we're going to be hurting a lot. 
like they're I think really what they're trying to do is I think they're going to make Aerith's death even harder for us. I've been thinking lately it's going to be the it's going to be a final battle sacrifice where she's going to survive that mm-hmm. famous scene and so you're going to think oh my god she's she's going to make it but then like yeah there's yeah there's that little that little speck of hope that maybe we can change it maybe we can make it so that she lives but I think and it's kind of something that you have been saying kind of from the very beginning is that no Aerith is always going to die and I think especially after what I've seen here I think that is true is that Aerith cannot live, basically. And she knows it. And you're gonna be sad, viewer. You are going to be sad whether you fucking like it or not. I mean, dude, and the way she <laughs> says, like, when you have that dream sequence with Cloud, where she's like, hey, we need to really enjoy the time we have together and cherish it, because she doesn't outright say, because it's not gonna last or because I'm gonna die, but she's like, life is about enjoying these moments while you have them and not, you know, not not missing what's in front of you. And it's like, can you just imagine the final scene before she like, or just any moment before her death or before that sacrifice, her even saying something like, cause she'd be saying it to cloud, but like, let's be honest in many ways, we'd almost feel like she's talking to us where she could say like, Hey, I'm really glad we got to spend this time together again. Oh, and then it's just like, no, don't go. Yeah, it's, it's basically yeah. So basically, what we're what we're trying to say is, everyone, when you're you're spending all this time thinking about all these theories, what you should be doing is strengthening your heart so that it doesn't break in half. Yeah, when it, or like Eric said, happens. is like cherish these moments, like cherish those little moments with with the party and choking yeah, like Bill at the end, and all that stuff. Yeah, like at the end, yeah, like oh, you know when. Like, I honestly, I think they couldn't have had a better scene with when Aerith is like, oh, you know, my mom thinks when, you know, the next day is when you oh my God. wake up the ne- when you go to bed at the night. And then I think it's like when you wake up the next day. So and I'm fucking like, cute. That, that is that is Aerith to a T for me of like she just like would think that there's like this this level of importance about this seemingly mundane thing. And then even when when and Barrett like disagrees with her view of it, she's like, "Oh, that's a relief." And then my but you gotta love and, Tifa. Is it though? Is it though? Like, we still gotta walk for twelve hours. <laughs> is it though? Uh, what isn't there's a meme like that, isn't there? It's like, uh, is it though? Yeah, yeah. Or oh, uh, the Thor meme. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> is that same? Yeah, just like, is it? Is it though? Is it really it's still though? a twelve-hour walk. <laughs> still, yeah. <laughs> but you know, but, that's one yeah. thing too. And this is why I've come to a point where, like, two timelines, one timeline, Aerith lives, Aerith dies. It's like, I don't even care anymore because I just love all these moments. And I love, like, every every fucking minute I get to spend with this party, I fucking cherish. Like, mm-hmm. all I'm going to have at the end of this is stupid memories. And I'm going to cherish them more than anything in the world. But Absolutely. But, like... Even those moments where Aerith is asking that stupid question, it's like, I am a sucker for when lines of dialogue, and unfortunately, this isn't something, they didn't have this luxury in OG, but when lines of dialogue have nothing to do with the plot, there's no plot significance, there's no deep philosophical context, it's literally just people being people. And you need that. Like, it really humanizes Aerith. After she came off chapter 18, where she's the wise woman of the planet, and then she just goes back to asking stupid questions, it's like, God, I love this. As much yeah. as I love character development and deep philosophical lore and concepts, I love it when, like, these humans can just be human. Exactly. And I feel like that that always echoes to me as, like, some, some of my most favorite parts of everything that we've seen in Remake thus far are these 
just these conversations. I mean, yeah, you know, the combat's fun and, you know, all these big action set pieces or whatever, but, like, some of my more memorable parts of Remake so far are the more quiet scenes and the more just, like, you know, like, you know, the conversations at Aerith's house, Mm -hmm. you know, or, you know, just, like, the little little character moments here and there, you know, I think were a lot, stick out to me a lot more and are basically more the, the, the main drive, at least for me. Uh, of of this game and not just this game but kind of any game mm-hmm. really is that like you know the combat and stuff can is definitely an important part of the game or whatever the gameplay is a big part but i feel like especially now that you know video games are at the level that they're at i feel like the storytelling and the character building is such an integral part and it's like can really make or break an experience when it comes down to it because like you know, a game can be really fun, but you know, if the if the char- if the story is kind of whatever and the characters are kind of whatever, you're not really going to remember that game. Well, I mean, and you months, actually, you know? you know, you actually, you know, to credit to what you're saying, it's like you have a lot of people who felt the reverse effect with remake, where they had that exact thing, where they spent 17 chapters in love, but because of that last chapter. They don't want any part of it anymore. And I'm not saying those people are right or wrong, but it, it just speaks to your point that it's like, you know, these like characters and stories and plots, it's become so important to gaming where it's like for a lot of us, it's not good enough for the game to be just fun anymore. It's like, no, we want a story, man. We want a story. And if there's anything Remake is teaching me, it's detach yourself from headcanon. Um, and just, I'm not saying just like, enjoy whatever like if it sucks it sucks you know but like at the end of the day it's dangerous to get wrapped up in certain theories or ideas or expectations and really look the unknown journey will continue you know sit, <clears throat> whether you like it whether or not. you like it or not <laughs> just sit back and watch it play out yeah and hey and if you if you enjoy it that's great and if you don't enjoy it that's fine too you know, you don't, you're not, we're not saying that you have to love it exactly, or else, you know, we're not, we're not, sh- we're not shaking you on the shoulders being like, you have to love you this. You must love the thing. <laughs> you must be a thing. And it's like, Hey, and you know, and if, you know, I, I think we've kind of had this messaging throughout the entirety of us doing the show is that if there is any, if any of you listening, if you, if you do have any gripes or disagreements or anything, definitely let us know. Cause like, I, I want to talk to people that, you know, cause you know, I, I talk to a lot of people who are very much down for down the clown for whatever is going to happen. And I would love to talk to someone who has a different point of view. And, you know, not that I don't value people with similar opinions as me, but you know, but that'd be nice to hear from the other side. You know what? People, maybe, maybe we can meet in the middle somewhere, you know, you know, maybe because we've talked about, I know we want to flesh out intermission and talk about all this stuff for a while. And then we want to go through before crisis, but I was thinking, and yeah, hello, dear listener, you're now part of this, you know, podcast plan um but i was thinking after we do some before crisis we could uh we could invite some people on here who maybe feel otherwise some other creators and just get their take on it for that absolutely i think what a lot of people are afraid of i think what a lot of people are afraid of um Hmm. is that square is going totally fan servicey and it's like right. everybody yeah. lives and Zack and Aerith are going to have the fairy tale ending that like, you know, we all want Zack and Aerith to live happily ever after, right? You do, know what I mean? But, but like, I, I, <laughs> but at the same time, at the same time, I I'm want them dead. Like, yeah, I, I want, I fuck me up, fam. Yeah. Like I want, I want to feel something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah, totally. I feel like I, the people who are the, the, all these sort of like disparaging things that I've seen about remake and stuff, I, 
can understand where people are coming from, right? Because absolutely, at the end of the day, like they are still fans of this thing and they care about it, or else they wouldn't be saying these things about it. So it's like at the end of the day, it's like we're all fans of this thing, and then you know we all have obviously different visions of what we want the thing to be, and we don't want it to tarnish you know, our, our vision of what it is, you know, I've, I've gone through this with star Wars already, you know, we're already, we're already oh. seeing it happen with remake, you know, it's, it's something that like, I understand there, there's definitely, uh, but I think there's really, there is another option there where we, where we can kind of come together as a community well, and sort of be like, I'd love you know. to see remake win some of those people back, man. Me and too. honestly, Me it would be a Absolutely. shame. It'd be a shame if it took Aerith's death for them to be won back. I, I really do feel that way. Cause like, you know, yeah. we've talked about how, look, OG is always going to be OG. OG is always going to be there. Yeah. No matter, no matter what, no matter what, no, one, either, whether you play it now or 10 years from now, it's going to be the same game. Right. No one can take that from you. But like, this is what I mean where it's like you can't get too wrapped up in an outcome or an expectation or anything where it's like exactly. it would really be a shame if, you know, someone who saw the ending of Remake Part 1 was like, okay, since they're even thinking about changing certain things I liked, I want no part of this. But then maybe, you know, three years go by and Remake Part 2 ends with Aerith's death and suddenly like, oh, I'm back on board. Don't get mm -hmm. me wrong. You have a right to feel <laughs> that way. I guess what I'm trying to say is maybe just it's so much of it is speculation right like at least with some of the people i've spoken to it's like oh but what if they ch what if they change this you know it's like well they haven't changed yeah, all, that yet you know yeah, they haven't yeah it's all it's all everyone getting uh, getting excited or unexcited well, you know, about I, almost, I play around, you know, potential things. exactly and it's like i've been playing around with these ideas lately that i think what square's doing and maybe Maybe I've got been like, hey, Kingdom Hearts has fucked up my brain a little bit here. I'm mm -hmm. more than willing to most, accept most that. definitely. Mo I'm more than say. willing to accept that. <laughs> um, but I really feel like they want the player to feel like the characters. And look, mm -hmm. if we look at our two main characters in remake, you go Cloud and Aerith, right? Those are your two main characters. And look. With Cloud? What's going on with Cloud? His eggs are scrambled. He doesn't know what the past is. He's getting weird glimpses of the future that may or may not happen. And considering mm -hmm. where the player is left off at the end of Remake, we're kind of the same as Cloud. We, we don't really know what came before us because that's all just been changed a little bit. And we don't really know what lies ahead, but we have these flashes and this knowledge of prior events. You know what I mean? You get flashes but of errors. more importantly, we have our friends. Yes, most of our, my, our, <laughs> our friends are our power. Um, but I find that part very interesting that Square mm. has kind of scrambled our eggs in the same way Cloud's eggs are scrambled. And then when you look mm. at Aerith, nobody was more terrified of changing fate than Aerith. And it's mm, like, yeah. just like, just like all of, just like the players who are terrified of what that means. It's like, well, why not take the ride with Aerith? She's scared yeah. too. She misses Try the new thing. Yeah. She misses the steel <laughs> sky. And I get that you do too, you know, but I've always just been such a big part of like, look, you got to enjoy the ride. And if the ride sucks, the ride sucks. You can't, ride I'm sucks, sorry. You yeah. can't get your money back. Um, <laughs> yeah. Try, try the salad this time. Try the salad. <laughs> you know, you, you get the chicken fingers every day. Try the salad this time. Oh yeah. It might, it might like be it. good for you. <laughs> you never know. Um, but like, look, we, we've been over the Zach thing <clears throat> is such a doozy and like, it's, it's funny, there's two There's two ends of the spectrum, right? There's people like you and I who, like, the Zack thing excites us, and then there's the people who the Zack thing terrifies them. And to mm -hmm. a degree, like, I feel a little bit of the terror, too. 
But, yeah, no, for sure. But with, that comes with anything unsure, you know, like like our future. You know, when you think when you think about your future, I mean, you know, some people probably think, oh, yeah, it's probably going to be all right. But there's always that little level of like, is it, though? Is it going to be OK? <laughs> is it, though? <laughs> Is the, is the is the you know is the is the sun gonna explode and kill us all? Who knows? Right. And I guess <laughs> what excites me is I feel like with all this Zack stuff and with the ending of remake, I feel like I'm in this unique position where I can actually empathize with a guy like Cloud a little bit because now my eggs are a little scrambled. Oh, for sure. And I can mm-hmm. empathize with Aerith a little bit because like that terrifying unbound freedom. Scary. Scary. Who knows where that goes? And yeah, it's like, you know, if you know, you know, let's say if you know all the answers, if you're going to take a test in school, if you know all the answers beforehand, eh, it's no problem. But if you don't know all the answers beforehand, uh, am I going to pass? I don't know. You know, I mean, that's the super like rudimentary version of it. But you know what I'm saying? Exactly. (laughs) And I guess one last thing I'll say on that is, you know, let's say remake was going to do shot for shot OG. I feel like I'd be above the experience, right? I'd be looking at all these characters and I'd be like, ooh, I know what's coming for you. I know what's Mm -hmm. going to happen. I'm above the experience in a way. It's like I'm almost like this god figure looking down on it. Yeah. It's like replaying OG. Right. You know, it's like, yay, like I know what's going to happen. Exactly. There's no tension there. But now that all of this has happened... And I now feel like I'm on the roller coaster with them. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. I'm on the ride with them. Are we doing a loop-de-loop? What's going to happen? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) It's... Yes, I I definitely definitely agree with you 100%. Is that I I definitely... Even just from the very beginning, I was like... Once I found out what was going on, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm down for... I'm down to whatever the fuck is going it hel- on here. It helps. Uh, I, I, I want to see this through to the very end, no matter what it, it is. It helps when you love Zach, too, right? Because it just means you're going <laughs> to oh, get yeah, more yeah. Zach. If you didn't care about Zach, oh boy, I don't know. Well, first of all, I, I, you must not have a heart in your soul, but uh, or a heart in your body, I should say, or a soul. How probably, have you been? Probably neither. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, that that would be interesting, too, if someone was like, yeah, I don't. I never really cared for Zach. <laughs> Well, I mean, dude, if you've only, if you're one of the people who have only played OG, Zach probably means next to nothing to you. Like, oh, do you mean that, the guy, the cloud with black hair, (laughs) that guy? Cause I, I've still seen, I mean, it's probably like in, uh, you know, obviously people trying to be like a Mimi or whatever, but people like, oh yeah, cloud with black hair. But there's probably people who probably think that way and probably didn't know who Zach really was until the, if they played remake and saw like, who is this guy? Why should I care about Mm -hmm. him? Oh, <laughs> you know, but it's kind of one of those things that, yeah, like at this point, they probably at least square is probably like if you're a fan of Final Fantasy seven, you probably know who this guy is. And if you haven't played Crisis Core, which is very possible, considering the limited availability of that game, you probably have at least done some research on it at some point. If if you cared enough about the world of Final Fantasy seven, but I'm, there's got to be somebody out there. And if you're li- if you're listening to this podcast let us know if you're that one guy out there that doesn't like Zach or doesn't know who he is or why you should care about him. Because that would be a really interesting take to have from someone to be like, yeah, I don't know who this dude is. Imagine, no, I mean, we imagine can't... you're the type of guy. Oh, God, I feel bad if someone's listening to this and you're literally this guy. But imagine <laughs> you're the type of guy where you're just like, Zach ruined Final Fantasy VII. Oh, Ever yeah, since yeah, they yeah, made the all this Zach stuff. <laughs> So, and he's like, yeah, I love Dirge, but that fucking Crisis Core, <laughs> fuck that game. 
<laughs> Crisis Core ruined Final Fantasy for me. <laughs> wow. I, yeah, there's got to be somebody. Somebody out there. And if you are listening, please let us know. Because I would love to like pick your brain about things. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't... At this point, I feel like... I feel like this is something that we could potentially revisit again in the future. Well, um, maybe as well, more information comes out. We were told that we would have yeah. a clue in on on the when, whenever the next trailer the comes. The trailer, they didn't say the DLC. They said the trailer. the trailer for part 2. Yeah. So, so, you know, I guess at a at a certain point you kind of like, ah, if you're, if I, you know, I was one of those people that maybe expected maybe a little, a little too much from this DLC, but still, I was not like disappointed with what we got. I was sort of like, it ended so quickly that I was just kind of like, and everything was still so fresh in the moment that I didn't even really consider it. Mm-hmm. But then I was just like, oh yeah, I did have like this, I had all these like pre-planned sort of like, oh, it's probably, they're probably going to do this or they're probably going to do that. And then I was absolutely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I had, but you know. I think, like I said, like we've said, it's just I, I at this point, you know, let the theories come, let them go, let them wash over you like the many waves of the ocean, <laughs> and uh, yeah, just you know, take take everything with a grain of salt. You know, it's fun to have your own little fan theories, but also just you know, be be open, be not and not just open of like what the creators want to do, but but be open with what other people think as well. Exactly. That's a good uh, life lesson for any situation, really. <laughs> I think the, the world needs more of that. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, I think unless you have anything else, uh, would you like to... I think this would be a great place to wrap it up. Close us out, sir. All right. You ready? Yep. Three, two, two one. One. Da-da-da-da! da 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 da